Welcome back, me sweet listener. I'm Donna Peters. I'm an advisor to executives and next generation leaders who strive to be both career oriented and life minded. The Me Sweet podcast is a forum for how to lead our lives with more purpose, planning, and power, like C suites lead the companies we most admire. The C suite wakes up every day focused on three key decisions. Number one, are we living our own core values? Number two, is everything running smoothly in our day to day? And number three, how do we as individuals stay fresh and relevant for the future we desire to have? You get the idea. We each need a C-suite mentality for leading our own lives. We each need a me-suite, a source of power for the life-minded. Let's get in there. This episode is brought to you by Social Distancing. In the MeSuite, listeners have been wild for an episode on the topic of change or managing change. And most often we think of change as resulting in a loss. Therefore, change is considered negative. Or when an organization deploys the change management team, the reaction is most often not positive because you know it will entail things you don't like. For example, who moved my cheese? Change is good as long as it happens to someone else. That's one of my favorite quotations. But that's ridiculous in so many ways, since no one wants to be stagnant and not grow. It's a paradox grounded in brain science. The brain is scanning every one-fifth of a second for threats. There are five times more neural circuits dedicated to threat detection than to other responses in the brain. Couple that with your family psychological inheritances, and you've got a hot change mess. It's the brain's natural inclination to respond initially that change is painful. So let's have a conversation today about managing change by talking about how to help change the wiring. I wanted to address this listener request by bringing a multidisciplinary approach to our discussion. So today we have two experts on the call with me. We have Dr. Robert Stroud, an organizational psychologist who has studied work, family, and school organizational systems. And we have Julian Gonzalez, who is an innovation strategist who helps leaders create cultures where innovation and change can thrive. So interesting, huh? Welcome, Dr. Robert Stroud. Thanks, Donna. It's great to be with you. And welcome, Julian Gonzalez. Thank you, Donna. Happy to be here. So, Robert, how about we start with you and this concept of organization? What is an organization in this context of this discussion? From my perspective as an organizational psychologist, we can really be talking about um, your place of work, school, your your place of worship, um, your local government, or even to some extent, uh, your family system when we say organization. And so in the context of change, I fear that we usually start from a position that change is uncomfortable and negative. In your organizational system research, what does that research tell us? Well... A lot of research will point to a relatively consistent conclusion, which is that about two-thirds of major transformation efforts by organizations fail to fully realize the, the business case benefits that, that were set out in the first place. And I'm not a mathematician, but I know that those aren't great odds. Um, <laughs> what we found is that companies that succeed in achieving high performance do a much better job of, of, of a couple things, aligning the culture, behaviors and ways of working across the organization 
to make the change happen. And, and so in other mm-hmm. words, they look at and act on change in the context of the organization as a system of interdependent parts. Ah, say more about interdependent parts. So every part of our life really is lived in organizational systems, and those systems are all about interdependencies, understanding mm-hmm. intentional and unintentional consequences of actions, uh, power structures, establishing boundaries, changing those boundaries over time. And so to manage change in any form of your life, you really need to start by thinking about um, the organization that you're in as an open system rather than a closed system. Mm-hmm. One of my mentors, Clay Alderfer, who, um, who built on this topic of open systems to explore what he called intergroup relations theory, he, he would argue that individual behavior in organizations is largely related to intergroup dynamics. So the relationship between like identity groups like race and gender or organizational groups like the part of the organization you're in or where you are in the hierarchy. So in a school setting, for instance, that could be the, um, I have an organizational group associated with my membership in the administration versus someone else who is part of the faculty and staff. So really, you could apply that type of logic to sports team that you're part of, to yeah. a community organization that you're in, et cetera. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to put what you're describing and that research and expertise that you have, I'm going to put that in the category of fascinating. And I understand now why the initial reaction to change in those environments is a negative one, because if everything is so interdependent, there's a whole lot in that change equation that you as an individual are not in control of. That's right. Okay, interesting. So, uh, so let's call that the fascinating bucket about organizational systems. Let me shift gears for a moment to add the other part of the equation to change. Let's shift gears and go over to Julian about the mindset that change is wonderful and exciting. If you really think of change as having a mindset of innovation. So Julian, how would you manage people through change from your more uplifting lens? Well, yeah, Donna, I think from my perspective as an innovator, it's, it's really exciting to get to spend time thinking about the future and proactively creating something new that doesn't exist today, which mm. I think tend to be really motivating uh, factors to, to do something. But many times the motivation for this change is actually triggered by a crisis. And this oh. could be for a company, it could be something like a market disruption or in a personal level, could be a lot of the things that we're seeing through this global pandemic, right? Mm. But this triggers, I think, are really effective in motivating change and motivating change really fast. So back to your, your question around managing people through, through change, um, I, I think it's very important to point out that even though we've been talking about change at an organizational level and, and all the complexities of systems, it is still human beings that are ultimately driving or resisting that, that change. Mm-hmm. And human beings, uh, we're emotional creatures. Eh? We need to be inspired. To, to do things in, in new ways. So when, when I tackle innovation projects, I think one of the first things we would do is to reframe the change that's about to happen as an opportunity. So by this, I don't mean that we're going to create this uh, TC poster on a wall or a corporate message that might be really hard to relate to or connect to, but would really create a clear human narrative on why we're doing this, what will you personally get out of this, and most importantly, what will happen if we do nothing. Mm. So the second thing uh, I think that's really valuable in, in, in doing this is to create a learning mindset for everyone that's going to be involved in, in the journey. Again, this could be 
a company or an organization, or it could be a team, or it could be a family. But it's all about being very clear that while we have a vision and, a, and an approach and a goal, we want to use the journey to collectively learn more about this change and have everyone contribute to fine-tune it along the way. So we found that the easiest way to do this is actually by asking people to design very small experiments that allow mm-hmm. them to try out parts of the change rather than talking about the change for, for months and months. So for example, if you are trying to make your team or a company more agile, like something that probably a lot of your listeners are, are experiencing, um, you can start by, by doing a really small experiment. Let's think about how would you reframe your Monday morning meeting or change that from something that traditionally takes an hour to make it just 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So try it out, see what happens to the agenda, see what happens to the decisions, see what happens to the team dynamics. And then you can learn from it and start using that as a, as a trigger for, for other experiments around this theme that you're trying to, to unlock. Yeah. I was really lighting up when he talked about people as emotional beings because mm-hmm. as an organizational psychologist, I mean, that's something that I could easily agree with. And we've learned that trust in leadership and then emotional drivers, like the level of passion and drive for a change that's in the organization influence the vast majority of performance improvement, like whether or not it happens, Mm. right? So, I mean, it only reinforces um, the notion that you have to be really in tune with the emotional experience of of the change. And I would look at that as a combination of individual behavior and then group behavior. So if I were designing a change plan, I would look at a combination of individual actions at the individual level and then actions at the group level to help push things in the right direction. Right. So I have a hypothesis that the listeners of the MeSuite podcast are humans. <laughs> I hope so. And yeah, if sure. I'm accurate, I would like to know, let's pull together Robert's fascinating research organization systems area and Julian's motivative innovation area. And let's have recommendations for the listeners of what they can be doing differently on Monday to be addressing change from a positive mindset, from an opportunity for growth. Let's start with you, Julian. What, what recommendations would you have? Things to do differently on Monday. So what to do differently on Monday? Well, I think, look, these are really definitely turbulent times and there's a lot of unknowns in the horizon. But I think, look, when, when the time is right, something that we can all try is to start turning some of these moments of disruption into opportunities to, to innovate. Mm-hmm. This could be things that we could do at work or, this could, or things that we do in our personal life. So a very simple idea can be in using social distancing to start creating new rituals. Mm-hmm. So for example, me and my wife created a new ritual at home, which we call Coffee Club. Mm-hmm. Which basically, it just means that we wake up really, really early before the kids um, and make fancy coffees and just talk about interesting things that have nothing to do with what we're doing on, on a day-to-day basis. Nice. Yeah, I mean, all to credit to my wife. I mean, but this is something that I hope that we we keep doing, I think, mm-hmm. even after we're, we're off uh, social isolation. But another idea, for example, in the workplace could be in using some of the learnings from, from the interactions and the way that you're working today to drive maybe a more fundamental reset in, in your team and in your workplace. So for this, you could simply just call your team and facilitate a dialogue where you start throwing around ideas about things that you want to get rid of, things that you don't want to go back to, things that mm. you would like to change or even new mindsets that you all are acquiring now, new skills that you want to use and implement and have to thrive in this new new normal. Julian, how would you summarize your recommendations for the listeners? Well, 
you need to reframe change as an opportunity. You need to approach change with a learner mindset, and you need to try to break break change into smaller bits that you can create experiments and learn along the way. Great, Robert. I would encourage the listeners to really consider the systemic impact of the change that they're trying to create on the organization as a whole, so that you're really thoughtful about how actions in one area may affect behavior or relationships in another another area. Perfect. So the subtitle of this book that we haven't yet written is Change is an Opportunity for Growth Occurring in an Interdependent System. Love it. We're doing this. Perfect. So I don't want you to go away yet without uh, letting the listeners get a little bit more into who you are. I would like for you to share your core values before we go away. Could I start with you, Julian? So I've been reflecting on values quite a bit. and, And I think the three big ones for me are creativity purpose, and adventure. Nice. How about you, Robert? Yeah, likewise. I think us all um, being uh, being home all the time now and the, the separation of work and life not really existing anymore has uh, has caused us all to be thinking about this. And, and I have too. Uh, for me, there are five for, for my family and I, and it's effort matters. Uh, team first, control the controllables, don't waste a day, and pay it forward. Awesome. Thank you for joining me in the Me Suite today for a little bit of a change management jazz session. I have learned a lot and I've enjoyed it. And thank you listeners for posing the question. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. I'm Donna Peters. Subscribe to the podcast. Share ideas for future episode topics. Visit us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and at themesuite.com. That's the-me-suite.com. Sweet like executive suite. That's the-me-suite.com. The Me Suite, a source of power for the life-minded. <laughs>